Thanks for joining the Heights Church podcast today. We hope that you enjoy the message. If you're in the Sydney area, be sure to join us at the Heights Church at Golston Road, Hornsby Heights, Sydney, Australia. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose stream makes glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The Lord of Jacob is our fortress. This is the word of God. I'm continuing, uh, in some sort of way, the Roman series that we've been going through because what happens is that when you read the bad news of the first start part of Romans that we read and we, we talked about and we, we kind of looked into a bit, and when you get into the good news of Romans, which we've just started to get into a little bit, uh, we, you will re- soon recognise is that when it says we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, it's not just a, a throwaway good memory verse to learn. It is quite literally, we live in a sinful world. And like Isaiah has, and I, I mentioned this over and over again because it's my favourite part of the Bible. He, he comes before a sinful world and says, look, I'm it. I'm part of that sinful world. And I'm a person of unclean lips. In other words, what I speak does not match my brain and my heart. And what the world plays out does not match their heart and their brain because they all have sinned. And it means that when we're living in this world, that sinfulness of the world is going to play out in different forms in our life, in our society, in our community and in our world whether it's the wars or whether it's the war within or whether it's the war in our mind or whether it's the war in knowing what we should do but not being able to do it or whether it's doing something that we ever, never could ever think that we possibly could do. We live in a world that is far from what God intended it to be. And that means that this... Something's happening here, my friend. Brett. Um, what happens is that, that we 
struggle in knowing where God is in this world. No doubt you have heard it before, where things happen in the world, go, where is God? Does he know what's going on? If God knows what's going on, then why, why doesn't he do something about it? Does God interact with our world minute by minute or does he intervene into our world and take us and remove us from this particular situation we find ourselves in because that's the last hope that we have. We've tried everything that we can. We've tried to climb our way and struggle our way out of the mess and yet we aren't able to do that. We need God's help to reach down and pick us up and drag us out. Yes is the answer. I believe God interacts with us minute by minute, day by day. We have the Holy Spirit that is at work in our life that reassures us of that. And we have the example of the greatest intervention into our world that we could ever see, and that is God coming to rescue us and saving us from somewhere that we could not help ourselves out. Let's try as we might. We cannot make ourselves acceptable before God and yet God in his intervention came down and saved us when there was no hope. So what it say in in Romans, why we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. Not when we cleaned up our act, Christ died for us. But while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. Psalm 46 is my pastoral care. Go to verse, chapter of the Bible. If you are ever going to look at pastoral care in our church where there's going to be a a course that's coming up soon, you'll find out about that next week as Leanne explains about that. Psalm 46 is basically it. For some people, the mountains quake and the earth trembles, the, the, the waters roar and foam around them and they have no idea how to, how, what's happening. They are asking the question where God is and you are the one that is going to help them understand what he says in this psalm. It is the go-to psalm. It's the psalm that I read so many times as I've held the hands of people when they have taken their last breath, and that is literal. I have read it. They have squeezed my hand and they have taken their last breath. But I've also read this psalm when people are in financial trouble. I read this psalm for Quita as she is searching for a job and can't find one. Though the oceans roar and the mountains quake, God is her refuge and strength and God is your refuge and strength and God is your friend's refuge and strength or maybe you personally. I don't know whether you've ever had those moments when you feel like you're the main stars in the next Money Pit movie. I don't know whether you've seen the movie Money Pit. with uh, It's an old one with Tom Hanks and Shelley Long where they bought a house and as they moved into the house, absolutely everything in the house fell to bits. As soon as they opened up the door, that was the best part that happened. When they walked up the, the, uh, the door, doorway, they opened up the door and the whole thing just fell to bits. And every single time they turned around the corner, it seemed as though that nothing that they had was, was solid. Nothing that they had was in any workable order whatsoever. I mean, maybe you've had that time where you've bought something, where like a lemon of a car. When Susan and I came to uh, Australia, we bought this nice Corolla. He's, a, he's an auto electrician. 
one that looked at cars and, and I thought, well, I can, I can examine a car and I know what it's going to look like. So we bought a car and it was great, you know, except what happens, things started to go wrong and then electrically things started to go wrong. And what I did was I pulled off the kick plates off the, off the bottom panels uh, where the electrical wires run towards the back and I discovered that I pulled off one kick plate and it was spray painted white and I pulled off the next kick plate and it was spray painted red. Basically what happened is that they cut the car in two, they got a white car and a red car and they joined it together and, and, uh, and we sold it the next week. <laughs> but I don't know whether you've ever had those times where everything seems to go wrong, where you wish you could just crawl back into bed and wake up for a brand new day because you have, the day that you're having is down, you're just awful. You're thinking things can't possibly get any worse. Well, they can get worse because as we look at Job, everything that happens in our life will probably, probably fail in comparison to what Job endured. One day he receives four messages, each bearing separate news. First of all, his livestock all died, his servants all died. He had 10 children, they all died from invaders or natural catastrophes. And then if he couldn't think anything could get any worse than that, all of a sudden he has these horrible skin sores that go all over him. And if he can't get any worse than that, his wife comes along for a word of encouragement and says, why don't you just curse God and die? Not great. She probably needed to read Psalm 46 before she went into the next pastoral care thing. This morning, I'd like to look at this psalm that was read out for us from Susan. And here we find the truth that Job grabbed hold of and the truth that we can grab hold of, that we can trust and put our confidence in God that we can put our whole lives into his care. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, oh, my life's pretty sweet right now. Things are going well, and they might be great. But because we've read Romans and because we live in this world, we know that it's not like that for everybody. That there are lives that we can speak into, we can speak the word of God, the practical. In some ways, this message is the practical pastoral care illustration that comes from the bad news of Romans. The problem of interaction and intervening is the way that we view God. If we believe that God just intervenes in our life, well, then we'd be constantly trying to endure life by ourselves walking by ourselves and asking God for his, in his mercy to come along and touch our life to make our life or someone else's life a bit better than what it is. But if we believe that God totally interacts with our world and intervenes where needed, then we can walk with the absolute assurance knowing that God is not right by our side. As Christians, he is right with us, walking hand in hand with us. As we read this psalm, we read that God is our refuge and our strength. First three verses, if you've got your Bible, you might like to read it. If you've got a phone, you might like to look it up and make sure that you stay off Facebook. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam and mountains quake with their surging. The person who wrote the psalm was unafraid in the face of life because his security rested in God. 
His confidence is in God, not God plus anything, not God plus his work or service, not God because of his own personal character, because that's generally what we try to do, isn't it? That when the waters roar and the foam and the earthquakes around us and we have seem to have no hope, we try to reach inside for the character that we have and then we try to strengthen ourselves so that we can go on. And God does provide that strength and God does provide that character, but it is God that provides it. And this psalmist knows that. He said, he is my refuge and strength, my ever-present help in times of trouble, and I'll have confidence in him and him alone. He is my safe house. He's the one I can run to, quite literally run to. He is literally our safe house. A number of years ago, there was a lady called uh, Vera Randall and she commenced a business called Knitwit. And uh, it, she, she got hold of a, a, a stretch fabric that she, she kind of thought was going to be good for the Australian uh, environment. And she wanted to teach women that sewing was fun. So she created this company. She found it all from Canada and, and, uh, and came over to Australia and, and thought there was a market for it out here. It wasn't too long before Knitwit had... Knitwit, knit, had uh, 100 stores being set up, but slowly, as does a lot of business, a, a trouble came in and fell on hard times, and in 1993, from the 70s, uh, creditors were called in, and after everything was paid off, Vera Randall was left with only her car, which turned out that it was going to soon be repossessed anyway. And one day, while she was uh, showing some overseas visitors around Sydney, she was robbed, and uh, hit knitwit hit rock bottom, and so did she. She'd gone from a successful business with a, an incredible mind to make things happen to now nothing. Now, she heard the words of God, not audibly, but she heard the words of God, and we're going to sing it at the end of it, that I'm a child of the king, and that's what's important in her life, not what she has. She hadn't taken God seriously for some times, but what happened in this desperate circumstances of life, she was able to hear what she couldn't hear in the successful world of her life. She needed to be reminded that God is her ever-present help, the refuge where she can sit in in the safe house of God knowing that God has his hands around her. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke on you and learn from me, for I am gentle of heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. Isn't that the words that you want to speak to somebody? Somebody who's going through stuff. Jesus says, come to me. Find your rest in me. The stuff that's on your shoulders, put on mine because I want to walk with you. As you humble your heart, you'll find rest for your souls. Humble your heart in the sense of you cannot sometimes at all move above an inch above the ground. But God says, I want to carry whatever you're carrying. Come to me and let my love and care for you be a safe place for healing, a place where you can renew your strength, 
Not only is God the unchanging one, but we find refuge and shelter in him, the one who strengthens us and gives us the power and empowers us to live and take a breath going through whatever season we're going through in life, whatever we have, whether it's in plenty or in the valleys. Now, God doesn't make everything smooth. Because like Vera Randall found out, sometimes you've actually got to go through the trauma of life to hear God speak to you. For we still live in a world with sin and selfishness and anger and, uh, and greed and they're all expressed in different forms and we know that bad things still happen to good people. But knowing God enables us to continue as we reflect upon God's character. This is the way Paul did it. He said, I've learned the secret of being content. In every situation, whether well-fed or whether hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Is that your memory verse that you need to hear? You need to learn the secret that in every situation of your life, whatever it is, whether it's high or low, God will give you the strength to walk with him. He's our refuge and strength always sufficient, always able, always powerful, always present in everything. Because he says he's constantly present. So he's not intervening, he's always interacting with us. Verses 5 to 7, if you've got that. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord is is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. He's our ever-present help in times of trouble. We don't know the circumstances that we're going to have and we don't, don't really know the circumstances that, that this psalm is written uh, about, but the common view is that about 700 years before Jesus, Assyria, the most powerful nation in the world, was moving down uh, to conquer uh, it Uh, And Assyria had conquered all the northern part of Israel and then it was coming down towards Jerusalem and they're sitting there quaking in their boots because this mighty, powerful, fortress nation is going to absolutely come down and smuck them off the face of the earth. And Israel says this, that we put our confidence and trust in God. We don't want God to come down and just intervene into our life. We want to walk with him every single day. And you can see how this psalm relates in that that verses 5 to verses 7, that they have great confidence that in the midst of this attack, that God is going to be with them. They were not alone. In Mark 35, uh, 4, Chapter 4, verse 35, we read a familiar story where Jesus and his disciples were out, and you probably recognise it and have heard it before, but listen to it in the, in the context of this psalm. They're in a boat uh, and they're headed across the, other sea, uh, across the seas from this crowd. And as they were out there, they were sailing on the Sea of Galilee and this massive storm erupted. The waves are breaking over the, over the bow. They were getting filled up with water and Jesus is asleep in the front of the boat. And they wake him up and say, don't you care whether we die or not? Don't you care that, that the oceans are roaring and the foaming around us that you don't do something to intervene? And God says through Jesus, says in Jesus, that you can have confidence in the Father as he did. He sleeps and rests 
because he has confidence in God. Confidence in his hand. Confidence that he is present and he is in control of life in all that happens. Yet I think sometimes it seems as though that it's Satan's trick to deceive us. To ask us whether God is really, to ask us, do you believe that I'm there? And for us to respond, well, things have gone wrong. And you may even ask them, and have asked the question before, is God, where is God in all of this? If he really existed, wouldn't he, would he have left it happen? Would, would things go on? But God says in this psalm that he's present. It's a valid question to ask, where is God? But the answer is that he is present. If we read out verse 7 again, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And why the Holy Spirit came is to bring comfort and hope and wisdom and strength and gift you so that you can walk through whatever life throws at you, knowing that he is present with you in the Spirit of God. And when there are times in your life where you go, I can't even lift my head. God says he's our fortress. He surrounds us. He protects us. We stand behind him and we even, when needed, he fights the battles for us. Whether it's physical, whether it's in our mind where Satan is trying to trick us, he will go ahead. He has gone ahead Because he's a God that isn't bound by time, he's already at the place where we're going to be and he is going to meet us there having fought that battle for us. When things are at rock bottom like Job, we can call upon our friends and and people will call upon you when they're at rock bottom in their life. Now, like Job's friends, they put in as much wisdom as they possibly could but it wasn't much help for Job. And as I mentioned, Job's wife wasn't right up there on the pastoral care list. So sometimes all we can do and the most effective thing that we can do is to pray that God will fight the battles for our friends or for you. Like Job, we can't see and we don't know the battles are before us. But God knows all and knows what's going to happen in our life and knows about the things that are happening and how they're going to work through and what the future is going to hold for us. Listen to us in verse, uh, listen to this in verse 8 through 10. See what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought upon this earth, he makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow, shatters the spear and burns the shields with fire. This is what's required of us, is to be still and know that I am God. And this is his promise. I'll be exalted amongst the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. It's frustrating, isn't it, not knowing the future? I uh, look at, um, it's called WSL, which is the surfing, surfing, pro-surfing 
uh, tour. And, uh, and you have to look at it online because quite often it's like, like Formula One, the surfing happens when, uh, when not only in Australia but happens overseas and then you don't want to wake up at three o'clock in the morning to watch stuff live so you watch it the next time. But what happens is it comes up, you put up the app and it comes up and says, would you like the replay experience? Yeah, yes, I like the replay experience. It's great. I'll be able to press it and be able to watch the heats that I was looking forward to, whether Kelly Slater wins or you know, whatever it might be. You might not even know who Kelly Slater is. But I'll be looking at those things. But the trouble is that when you press it, then what happens is it comes up with this graph that has the opening rounds, it has the elimination round, it has the, the, the round of 16, then the quarterfinals, the semifinals, the finals and, and, and the grand final. And every person is written in, those, in that particular graph. So you know that when you read this particular part where Kelly Slater's going up against Jacob Wilcox, well, if Jacob Wilcox went to the next round, well, guess what? Kelly Slater lost. There's certain about things that I love about the mystery of sport and the mystery of whether someone's going to win or not. But there are times in your life where you just don't want any mystery, do you? You want to see the graph all worked out. You want to know that right at the end, at the top of it, the grand final that's going on, who won and who didn't win. God says he won. You might not know the details and you might not know what happens in every single event of your life, but he won and he's already won because he won in Jesus the grave. He conquered the grave. And rose again so we can be assured that no matter what is happening in our life, that one day God will make all things right and we will sit with him in his arms and we can be still and take courage knowing that God is God and we're not, but he has it all worked out. Isn't that good? We can stop fighting against him. We can stop struggling. We can sit and know that he is our refuge. It's the place where healing can happen. It's the place where we're strengthened again to get up the next day, you or your friends. But if it all goes pear-shaped, we can stand behind the fortress of God, knowing that the battle that he goes into, he's already fought. And he's already won. The price has been paid for our sin so that we can rest in his forgiveness and we can stand in the assurance of God that one day we'll rise again to perfect new life in him. Isn't that part of the good news? It's the good news of Romans as we're going to go into that, into the next season of our Romans uh, stuff as we start next week. Let's pray. Lord, I have no idea what people are going through in their life or their family's life or personally inside or maybe what people think about, whether people are struggling with mental health, whether people are struggling physically or the way that the financial economic situation of Australia Maybe people are struggling with sin in their life and they just can't get rid of it or overcome it. And for some people, Lord, they might feel as though that life is just overwhelming. 
I pray, Lord, that we learn, like the psalmist, that you are our refuge and you're our strength and we sit in your safe house. And I pray, Lord, that you heal people where they're need, what's needed. And Lord, where you have planned for that to work out in their life and you allow that to work out in your life, I pray, Lord, that people get strength so that Satan won't have any control over their life and the way that they think, but they might be strengthened to know that you are God. And Lord, for the people that we know and the people of this world, people that we read about and maybe even ourselves where we feel as though we can't even lift our head. I pray, Lord, you surround us with your stronghold, your fortress, that you fight the battles in our mind, you fight the battles in reality where Satan is trying to come in and just tell us to, like he did to Job, just curse God. But rather, Lord, like Job, I pray that we put our trust in you, knowing that the future that we have is secured in you. And we give you thanks for this, Lord. We give you thanks that we have seen just a glimpse of that in the forgiveness of our sin and the resurrection of Jesus that one day will rise again and be with you forevermore. Amen.